0: Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills For thousands of years, people on this planet lived on a plant-centered diet and did well. But then something happened. With affluence, animal husbandry, the breeding of domestic animals, marketing, food technology, and refrigeration, plants moved from the dinner table to the feeding trough. Plants became fodder for animals whose flesh in turn became highly valued food for the masses. But there was and is a downside to this transformation. Here to tell us that story is Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program. Dr. Deal, what do we need to know?
1: Well, you know, uh, you talked about the whole idea that for thousands of years, yes, people yes. lived on a planned food center diet, yes. right? Yep. Because that's all they could afford, and that's all they could have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did pretty well. Then things began to change, you mentioned, uh, but I think there is a sort of a renaissance. There's sort of a turning around now. Things are beginning to change again, mm-hmm. and uh, here are some of the concerns that perhaps are responsible for this uh, trend Turnaround, and that is, there are probably three things. Number one, you have the emergence of modern killer diseases. Mm. You know, you have heart disease, cancer, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and so on. These are diseases that were very marginal to be found about a 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. These are new epidemics. So people are concerned about the emergence of these modern killer diseases. And uh, especially uh, since these diseases are now approaching an epidemic level, they're now understood that they are largely related to our modern industrialized diet. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's one big concern. People are concerned about that diet because it has to do with health issues. There's a second concern, and that is There's an enlarging concern about the environment, Mm. and uh, some even talk now about the possible effect on our climate. There's been a lot of going back and forth over the last 10 years, but the consensus is now emerging more and more and more that the thawing of ice in the Arctic and Antarctic, and on the mountaintops of the Alps and the Kilimanjaro in Africa. These are not just cyclical things. You know, they come every 100 years or 50 years. Now, people are beginning to say now, well, wait, there is something happening here. We have more and more of these greenhouse gases pumped into the uh, atmosphere. We begin to understand and start taking that seriously. So that's the second reason, right? Mm, The first reason was we're concerned about the emergence of modern killer diseases. Right. Now, it's number two, the emergence of the impact on the environment and then there's a third reason and that is you know there are some people that are becoming concerned about ethical issues Mm. and that has to do with um, how do we treat animals how do we treat domestic animals which are no longer raised out there on most farms grazing in their meadows but rather uh, today's animals used for food are largely coming out of intensive confinement systems and you know sometimes they use the word they're coming from factory farms yes, right yes. and so there's a significant uh, amount of people especially the younger people the younger people that are becoming more and more concerned about those kind of issues so there are three major reasons three concerns that drive the change back towards it's a more planned, food-centered diet. Number one, the emergence of Western killer disease, health reasons. Number two, the enlarging concern about the environment, climate change, and so on. And number three, some people are very concerned now about animal rights, about ethics, and intensive confinement systems of factory farms.
0: You know, when I hear you talk about this, and I, I'm, I'm writing these things down, modern killer diseases our number one issue here, we have always eaten meat, as soon as a man figured out how to kill an animal, uh, you know, generations and generations and generations ago, we went out there and we killed an animal. And then we had our swords and then guns, and then we had poisons and whatnot. What has changed? Has the animal change become more unhealthy? Has our methods of killing them made them unhealthy? Why is a meat that was eaten 150, 200 years ago not killing people back then, but today they're killing people? What's going on? Yeah, there again, there's
1: some really interesting changes. Yeah, I think you make a very good point there. Uh, Now, when you uh, look back about 100 years ago, Mm -hmm. you're going to realize that the animal product consumption was probably about... um, sixty percent of what it is today mm. so we have almost doubled the uh, consumption of animal products now while the uh, red meat the beef has gone down in the last 10 20 years yeah. uh, you know the slack has been picked up more than uh, sufficiently by what we call the white meats right? Yeah. the chicken the turkeys these kind of things so that overall when you look at it the per capita consumption in America has almost doubled over the last 100 years. Mm. So we're eating number one more animal products, and that also includes uh, you know a dairy products, so right. particularly right. in the area of rich dairy products like cheeses. Cheese have gone through the roof in just the last 25 years, and so that all adds to the animal products, right? It's yes. it's not right. just meat, but it's also dairy, it's eggs, and so on. But there's something else that has taken place, and that is that 100 years ago the animal was not raised in a confined uh, system Mm -hmm. where animals no longer have any exercise where they are tied to an area and uh, where they receive during the last few months of their fattening up period, they receive extra portions of corn and so on. And what that does, it creates a marbleized, fat-rich piece of meat. And so, uh, you're right, Uh, the animal itself has changed in the last, Mm -hmm. especially the last 30, 40 years, Mm -hmm. because the fat content probably has at least doubled of what it was 100 years ago. Then we had lean uh, beef, then we had lean meat. Today, we want the juicy steaks, and, you know, they come with a
0: price. So we have sick meat that is filled with fat, and we're eating more of it than we did 100 years ago. So those two together make that food pretty dangerous to our own health. How is it dangerous to our health, Dr. Deal? What's happening to us when we eat sick, fat-filled meat and put it in our bodies?
1: Well, there are many, many health disadvantages. To this kind of uh, food supply, uh, people enjoy the taste, but they oftentimes don't seem to keep in mind what uh, this uh, change-taste-oriented meat does to the body. It's higher in saturated fat, and saturated fat is a driving force for producing and influencing the amount of cholesterol that's produced by the liver. Mm -hmm. So the more saturated fat you have in a diet, the more animal products you have, the more cholesterol the liver pumps out, the more cholesterol you get into the bloodstream, the more narrowing of the arteries you have to worry about, the arteries get more stiff and therefore you have to worry about heart attacks, you have to worry about strokes, you have to worry about impotence, you have to worry about hearing and vision loss, all these things relate to our circulatory system which becomes compromised mm-hmm. because of the buildup of cholesterol in the inside the arteries, which... And makes the diameter smaller, so there's less blood flowing through the system, and the arteries become stiffened. So that's one big problem, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. The cholesterol. Yes, yes. And then you, of course, have to also worry about all the effects that it has in possibly affecting cancer. And we begin to understand something about macular degeneration, visual losses. Mm-hmm. We begin to understand you know, something about uh, how the integrity of the arteries bringing blood and nutrients to the inner ear has an effect, you know, on hearing ability down the line. So, you know, these are just some aspects. And then you have to also be concerned about the number of calories that you have in today's meat because the more fat you have, the more you have to worry about uh, piling up the calories in the system. So you have to worry about obesity, and that's a big issue today in
0: our society, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, as I think about this, Dr. Deal, one word comes to mind, and that is the word threshold. Our bodies apparently have a threshold, and this threshold probably varies from person to person, but it seems that our bodies are able to handle things that are not in our best interest, such as meat eating and whatnot, to a point. And when you reach that point, we then have diseases starting to come in on the individual when we pass this threshold. What we've done as a society is that we have created an environment of meat eating and meat consumption and the quality of meat that has moved meat consumption and its quality well beyond our threshold for our bodies to take care of it. So we're getting sick in mass because we have exceeded the threshold of most people who are eating meat today. Am I on the right track with that line of thought? Yeah, there's a very, very interesting book that was written by a
1: Berkeley professor, Michael Pollan. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book, The Omnivore's Dilemma. And in this book, he points out that, yes, we are probably equipped to be omnivores. That means we can have some meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to be totally plant-based feeders, right? right. But uh, I think the body has the adjustment that animal products can be utilized, and sometimes they are to be utilized, particularly in uh, unusual circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you do with the Eskimos up there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so somehow the body has both systems available, but I think the idea of a threshold is a very interesting and promising way to understand how the body perhaps prefers and should work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this idea of a threshold. Perhaps if a person has some fish, if a person may has some chickens once in a while, especially if the chicken is coming from the backyard,
0: right, right? Right. Yes.
1: I yeah. mean, again, uh, you know, uh, in the old days, the chickens scratched in barnyards, yes, yes. and the pigs loafed around in mud holes, right? Yeah. These idyllic, happy farms that uh, we still sort of think in our back of our minds, but they have all been replaced by today's factory farms. Yeah. Things are totally different. Today, we are slaughtering one million animals in America per hour. My. Okay, so we are we are killing 27 million animals a day. We are slaughtering close to 10 billion animals a year. So you know this is different from what it was 100 years ago. So this idea of a threshold and that maybe we have exceeded that and most of us are just really going beyond is probably very very good idea. And that's why I feel very very comfortable to recommending to our listeners a vegan diet Mm -hmm. or a pure vegetarian diet. But that's why I usually like to reach people where they are and say, look, maybe we should move more towards a planned food-centered diet. Yes. Maybe we should move towards a plant strong diet. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should move towards a plant inclined diet. Uh, that is to say, you know, cut back on the animal products because mm-hmm. there's no fiber there. Uh, you have also uh, to worry about the cholesterol. It's only fine in animals. Uh, you have to worry about the saturated fat. Cut back. And that's why." I'm intelligent people nowadays, too, anyway. There's a real, real trend. And and maybe I can give you some of the stats that are out there right now.
0: Let's talk about that on the other side of our break, Dr. Deal. We have a break coming up here. We're going to learn from Dr. Deal some very important facts some statistics that he has collected concerning this. We want you to be a healthy listener. We want you to have optimum health, and moving toward that plant-centered diet is the way to go today. Science is proving it, and we'll have the information to share with you on our return, so stay right where
2: you are. I thought life was just great. I felt well, and then bang, I got told you've got six arteries that are blocked and 99% blocked and so that was a bit of a surprise. I had to have five bypasses. After that, after getting over the operation and what uh, had to happen there, I went back onto my normal diet which I thought was great. I had a good diet, I thought. Uh, Went back and had blood tests and I was surprised. My cholesterol was raised, uh, blood pressure was up, And uh, at that point, I was introduced to the CHIP program. I went onto it immediately. Straight away, I thought, I have to do this. Within two months of going on the CHIP program, my cholesterol was halved, blood pressure was down. In fact, I had to lower my blood pressure pills because I was getting dizzy. So, hey, that was great. And then that's allowed me now to get back into the things I love. Two weeks ago, I got back on the bike, and one thing I really noticed... When I, was, I used to bike before, I was always out of breath. I went out two weeks ago, I hit the hills, I didn't even get a sweat. I was doing some marvellous riding, you know, getting back on the bike, biking with my friends, living life to the full. To me, my life is just beginning again.
0: To learn how you can recharge your life, visit chiphealth.com. <laughs> Welcome back to the program. I'm your host Charles Mills. We're here with Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, and we're talking about eating today. We're talking about what we put into our throats, how that has changed in the the decades preceding us now and how we have become sick because we are eating meat, number one, more of it, and number two, the meat has changed in the last 100 years. It's more fat-filled, and it's more filled with chemicals, and it's grown on a factory and unhealthy animals. So we're eating sick, fat-filled meat, and that is making us sick and fat-filled as well. And Dr. Deal, before the break, you were mentioning that you're going to share some statistics with us to back up what we're saying on this program, that the plant-centered diet is the way we should go. What are some of those statistics we need to know?
1: Well... Yeah, you know, there are lots of concerns on many people's minds today, Mm -hmm. and uh, they express themselves in numbers. And one of the concerns is that a plant-food-centered diet is now beginning to emerge more and more as a new wave of popularity. Mm. You know, how many people are out there that actually do this? You know, there was a time when perhaps people thought of these kind of, well, call them vegetarians, Uh, They thought about uh, these uh, people in the 1970s as the typical, the stereotyped food fanatic, you know, the hippies of uh, Chicago, the 1970s. And guess what? These very people today that are now riding this new wave of popularity towards a more planned food-centered diet, Mm -hmm. more planned, strong diet, these are now becoming the big new trendsetters. Mm -hmm. You see, it's not just uh, those uh, people from the counterculture of yesterday. No, today it's the CEOs,
0: the lawyers, the tennis champions, you know. The weightlifters. I understand that there are weightlifters out there and and, and Ironman triathlon winners who are also plant strong. you got
1: uh, people like Carl Lewis, you know, I mean the Olympic champion, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who uh, turned to a vegan diet in an effort to boost his uh, uh, prowess and to keep competing in the third and fourth Olympiads <laughs> and winning gold medals again and again, even though he had almost given up on those because he thought he was getting too old. Yeah. But with the change in his diet, things began to change for him too. So people today are looking at this wave of moving towards a more planned, strong diet. Mm-hmm. They look at this as an economically sound and a responsible choice, they think that moving towards more whole foods, you know, like plant-based foods, or even some of these organic foods now that are out there, they think of that as being smart, healthy, they probably think of that as caring, and they think this is just the right thing that we need to do for the day. So, what are the facts? Here are some of the facts. Why are people moving in this direction? Uh, I looked at some of the stats uh, and uh, 54% of the people that are now in this category, and there are about 30 million American adults. So that's about 10% of the American adults, more than 10% of the American adults are now in this category of plant-food strong, uh, plant-food inclined, plant-food centered diets, and uh, about 54% of these people, they say, we respect animals. And we don't want to offer our stomachs as graveyards for <laughs> cadavers. Oh, <man>. I mean, <laughs> I mean, these people have wow. very strong feelings I about that, right? So. I, I mean, they so. see animals in these factory farms, and uh, you know, these are people that have a sincere concern. It's not just a bleeding heart, yeah. but they're really emotionally involved, and especially uh, the younger people when they see the brutality that is taking place in these abattoirs and so on. Yeah. And there are some films out there now. You know, they're becoming very concerned about it. So that's one uh, group of people. They are moving towards less animals consumed because they want to respect them. So that's about 54%. Then there's another 51%, uh, and they're not really adding up to 100% because some of these people are in several categories, sure, right? Sure, yeah. So, But that's the strongest group, 54%. Then you have a second group, 51%. These are the people that say, look, we want to enjoy good health. We want to see our grandkids growing up. We want to be around. Uh, we want to have an optimal lifespan. And we understand that people that move in this direction, they probably can add 5, 10, 15 even up to 15, 20 years of life, good life, to their lifespan, and we want to be part of that. And so they want to have better health and longer life, and they want to feel good. So that's 51% Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. And then you have another group, uh, again, that's uh, close to 50 again. So they're pretty much close together. That's 47%. They feel that a vegetarian lifestyle softens the impact on the environment. Mm -hmm. Definitely, you know they do it yes, because they're concerned about the greenhouse gases, they're concerned that there may be something to this whole climate change. They're concerned about trees being taken out by the millions in Brazil in the Amazon uh, to make room for growing corn, so that we can have something to feed the cattle, which is now being raised mm-hmm. as a number one export good of that country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are some of the three major groups. They are concerned about the animals. They are concerned about their health, and they are concerned about the environment. Mm.
0: You know, Dr. Deal, I am concerned about all of these things as well, but I have another reason, and I want to share it with you, and I want to share it with our listeners. You had Caldwell Esselstyn on this program And he made a statement. He said that the moment that an animal product passes your lips, your body goes into a real song and dance trying to deal with the meat that's coming in. In other words, the body is using resources that it has to fight against the ill effects of animal products entering the body. I don't want my body to have to do that. I don't want my body to do anything except keep me healthy and run the functions that my body requires and keep my heart beating and keep my veins and arteries clear and keep my brain thinking and keep oxygen and water flowing to every cell of my body. I don't want to put one morsel of food in my body that is going to keep that process for happening. So I can add a fourth reason, and that is I want to be on my body's side when it comes to keeping me healthy. Is that a valid reason for doing mm, this, Dr. Deal? Yeah, sure is, of <laughs> course, yeah. And Dr. Esselstyn has shown that when you
1: perhaps focus more on the non-animal products, when you help people to really learn to appreciate the taste and the experience in consuming more fresh fruits yes. and you consume more fresh vegetables and you have more uh, whole grain products and you have more of the legumes. You know, he has shown that when you emphasize these foods, you can actually take people with heart disease that are on their dying last step. That's
0: right. That's I mean,
1: right. you can turn these people around. He has done this. He had people that were the walking dead, as you know. Uh, they were given maybe half a year to live and 20 years later, most of these people are still all alive yes. so I mean he has shown that the body can repair itself now coming back to some of those stats yes we talked about that uh, there are probably three major reasons why people move away from animal products and move more towards uh, planned strong diets and we said it had to do with respecting animals it had to do respecting their health and it had to respect the environment yes. now I looked at that a little bit more and I found that uh, of all the people in America, probably 60% of the people that are moving towards a vegetarian lifestyle are women. Hmm. Oh. And about 40% of course, what's left, <laughs> are the men, There's right? only two choices they also,
0: this
1: Dr. Deal, I guess. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they also found out that um, it's not just the younger people that are moving towards a vegetarian diet. They do it for ecological reasons. Right. but they also show the trends that a large percentage is in the age group of 35 to 54. They begin mm-hmm. to realize mm-hmm. that, hey, my blood pressure is going up, my weight is going up, my cholesterol is going up, I'm going to do something about it. And then there are also those people that are over 55. They're really, really concerned about their health uh, sure. more than anything else. Yeah. And they're making some of these changes. And so we're very excited to see that people are embracing what they begin to understand is the right thing to do. They also took a look at, and they wondered, uh, are these all new people that are coming into this uh, trend? And again, they found that about 60% have followed this kind of a simple, natural, plant based diet for more than 10 years. Mm. And the overall group, you know, those 30 million Americans that we talked about, that has actually doubled over the last 10 years. They say that moving towards a vegetarian diet is one of the strongest trends today in our society. Mm. It is being reflected in the printing materials, you know, uh, cookbooks, one of the fastest growing area, the cookbooks that focus on uh, a simpler diet, more plant-based. So it's a trend that uh, uh, is now developing more and more strength,
0: Mm. That is good news. That is absolutely good news. I know, Dr. Deal, that you have been working toward this for many, many, many years, for decades. And a lot of the people that you work with have also been involved with this. The Complete Health Improvement Program is focusing entirely on this process of moving people toward that plant-centered diet because it really is about health to begin with. And I'm so glad to know that people in my age category are saying, I want to take charge of my health. I want to be healthy by choice, as our Mm -hmm. program says here. And they're making that move. That is very good news.
1: Yeah, well, I'm certainly very, very delighted about this too. Uh, it's the right thing to do. But, you know, it's not just enough to talk about emphasizing more plants. We also have to begin to emphasize less of the processed foods. Yes. And, you know, this is, again, a totally different topic where today uh, more and more of our food is engineered, it's uh, synthetically made, and we really don't have a clue what is sometimes in these kind of things and how does it affect all the body. So, what then shall we eat? I think we need to move more towards a diet that is centered around fresh vegetables and uh, fresh uh, fruits and whole grain products and perhaps uh, beans and lentils and maybe a few nuts, some of these kind of things.
0: You know, I recommend our listeners go to the website, uh, that is chiphealth.com, If they go there, they will find a lot of resources available to them to to educate themselves. That's what we're doing on this program. That's what you do with the Complete Health Improvement Program is to educate people. But the website also provides this. There's some videos to look at. You can also discover if a CHIP program is coming to your area. And if it is, I recommend that you run, don't walk, to join up. If you have to get on an airplane or a train or a bus or a bicycle and go to these things, please do that because it is your health. It is the health of your body, it is the health of your environment, and it is the health of animals that we're talking about here. And all of those together can lead to a very very happy planet, and that's what we need more than anything else. Dr. Deal, as we come near the end of the program, any final words of encouragement for us on this subject of what shall we eat?
1: Well, I think there is the resurgence of moving towards a more natural lifestyle to develop more wellness and to recognize that we are the CEO of our own health. Mm -hmm. We have to make decisions uh, and we can make these decisions and we vote with what we buy.
0: Boy, absolutely. We are our own physician, as you have said many times before. We are our primary care physician. No one loves us like we do. Let's just put it that way. No one loves us like we do. And we're going to take good care of ourselves. That's what we're going to do. And the Complete Health Improvement Program is there to help you do just that. ChipHealth.com is the website. Dr. Deal, thank you so much for being with us today and giving us these words of motivation and wisdom. Appreciate it, Dr. Deal. Thank you. And until next time, listener, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Hans Deal inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about healthy by choice, call 3 Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org.